Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Chicago. It is a beautiful night. It's a cold night, but it's a beautiful night. <laughs> if you can call freezing uh, beautiful, uh, maybe I'm just saying it's it's good to be alive, and uh, it's be- good to be alive, and good uh, being able to fight for your country, uh, being able to fight for your country, um, try to get things right again. I have never ever, you know shied away from the statement uh, that this show is based on, and that's making the world a better place. I've haven't, I haven't actually said it much lately because we've been dealing with this clown in office, uh, but that's what this show is about, making the world a, a better place. There's a thousand podcasts out here, folks, and a lot of them are good. Um, I think mine's good, too. <laughs> But, you know, but this is not a podcast. This is internet radio, okay? There's a difference. There's a difference. Um, I'm coming more. I'm I'm paying more money out of my pocket for this show. And some of the sh- uh, internet uh, radio shows are a lot cheaper than what I'm paying. Uh, but uh, so far, I, I haven't made any profits from this show. But I enjoy doing it. A few pennies come here or there. But, you know, but I just enjoy doing it. And... As you probably know, I haven't any uh, sponsors. That could change in the near future. There was a couple of people who did contact me about sponsorship, 
I haven't heard anything from them, you know. Maybe it's the profanity that I use on the show. <laughs> this is not this is a family show. This is a family show, but I I uh caution when you let kids below uh the age of 18 listen because this is an adult show. This is an adult show. I use a few bad words every now and then, but hey, wow. Uh, sometimes those things are uh, warranted for what's happening to our country today and who's in office and what he's doing, what he's doing. And there are still so many people out here who are just aching and hurting because they're missing their second or third paycheck because of this stupid shutdown. Which I'll say again, I don't think has anything to do with a wall. I think it has to do a lot to do with power and uh, control. That's what I think it is. It's, uh, he's just using the wall as a scapegoat. Um, and he seemed to have backed off of, uh, uh, of calling, a, calling for an emergency at the border. He seemed to have backed off of that because uh, he... He had no chance with that anyway, because uh, if he called for some sort of a emergency on the border to get money to build a wall, it would go to court, and he would have to prove um, that there is an emergency at the U.S.-Mexico border, and there is not. There is no emergency. He can make up and lie all he wants, and that's what he does, about drugs coming over and Illegal people bringing drugs over. They're not bringing drugs across the border. They're flying them in. He refused to see that. It's not about, and and another thing, he would probably have a fight with some of the landowners who say they are not going to give up their land and they don't want a a border wall built. Uh, You can argue, uh, I mean, you can argue uh, in a domain all you want to, but these people are, um, adamant about not letting uh, a wall be built on their land. And people say, well, they have no choice if the government wants to take their land through eminent domain and they have no choice. I'm going to tell you something. I think these people will fight. They don't give a damn about eminent domain. That's their land. And if you think about it, and, and this is true, 80 to 90% of Americans do not want a wall. Why is Donald Trump so... Uh, adamant and hell-bent on giving America something that we don't want. We do not want a wall. But this cocksucker, he doesn't care. He doesn't give two shits. This is probably why I don't have any sponsorships. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm using bad language. But has anybody watched has anybody watched what's his face? Uh, the guy who always uses profanity, and everybody loves it. Um, I can't think of his name now, and he's one of my favorite um, comedians and and uh, show hosts. Um, I'll get I'll get him later. I'm, I'm somehow I'm a little bit confused, but um, but there's a lot of uh, shows that use profanity. I mean, a lot of the hosts use profanities. You know, I mean, uh, what is his name? Um, you can't think of it either. Uh, his name is okay. I can visualize his face, but I can't think of his name right now. But we're gonna get it. Don't worry about. It. Before the show's over, we're gonna have his name anyway. Uh, 
Uh, Hillary Clinton repeats her allegation that Trump is working on the behalf of Russian assets, Russians' interests, assets, interests. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Donald Trump is working or has been working and knowingly working. I don't care if you can say, well, maybe he doesn't know that he's being used by the Russians. And oh, he, 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 <laughs> Vladimir Putin, Trump knows he, he, he's working on the behalf of the Russians. We know it, too. He's lying out there. It, it, it took him a while before he actually denied, emphatically denied not working for Russia because his first answer was long and vague, and everybody was jumping on it and say, hey, wow, he never admitted that he did not work for Russia. I guess somebody must have whispered in his ear, you better go out there and emphatically deny that you're not a Russian agent. So he came out and said, I, I never worked with Russia. Trump lies about everything. And if Trump says something, believe the opposite <laughs> because he lies through his teeth. He lies every day. He's more than just a pathological liar. I think he's an insane lunatic. And you got so many of these talk show hosts now on cable television. They're coming out and just saying that this man is a Russian asset, and he is. There is so much proof that he is. And everything that he does negative, uh, to the United States, Russia applauds him. They like him. Vladimir Putin, he loves it. Trump is a Russian agent. He's a Russian spy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you go back and you 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 look at what happened in Helsinki, how he just gave America over to the Russians. Look at what he's doing to the United States. Look at what he's doing all around the world. Everything he does negative to the neg- United States, Putin loves it. Shutting down America, Putin loves it. Pulling troops out of Syria, Putin, Putin loves it. Taking away all the sanctions on Russia, Putin loves it. He's doing everything to please Putin and to anger Americans, which he doesn't care about. Trump does not give a damn about the American people. He doesn't. He can't stand California. He can't stand us. He can't stand his critics, people who talk about his ass. He can't stand it. But now his ass is in a knot because there's been two or three reports that just come out saying that this man is knowingly or unknowingly working for Russia. I'm going to tell you something, folks. He is not unknowingly working for Russia. He is knowingly working for Russia. He knows what the hell he's doing. And the shutdown is not in um, nowhere near ending. Donald Trump does not want to negotiate. He does not want to talk. He wants money for for a wall that Americans doesn't want. If Americans doesn't want it, why the fuck do it? not about the wall. It's about power. It's about stepping on people. It's about hurting people. It's about because right now Donald Trump looks very, very stupid and he's very, very weak. And people are saying that I heard, I read some report. I am not sure if it is true or not, but it would, I would love for it to be true. They're saying that Donald Trump is acting is asking for immunity. They're saying that he could resign, but he wants immunity from prosecution. He wants immunity from going to prison and jail. 
He wants immunity for his family. And then I'm hearing that he will resign this year. I don't know how true that is. I heard it, I heard it and read it from only one source, so I'm not going to actually spread it until I hear it from sources that I know to be credible. And I'm, I'm not saying that this, this source particularly is not credible. It's just that I want to hear it from, you know, other uh, other outlets and uh, uh, credible ones. But it would be nice if Donald Trump did resign, because if he resigns, he's going straight to jail, to prison. And I've said this several times. I want Donald Trump in jail. I want Donald Trump in prison. But Donald Trump has, has knowingly screwing up this country for Russia on the behalf of Russia. Donald Trump should be given the guillotine. He should be given up the firing squad. He's a traitor. He's a thug. He's a liar. He's destroying America in the name of Vladimir Putin, in the name of Russia. Then he's coming out lying, lying his ass off. America will never let this go. America has their hooks in Donald Trump right now as a Russian spy, as a Russian agent coming from the FBI, coming from Hillary Clinton. Coming from all other sources, the New York Times, the Washington Post, coming from uh, Donald Trump's own actions, which are on videotape. Russia, are you listening? Can you get me Hillary Clinton's emails? Please. Several other videos where he is giving away America to the Russians. Yes, 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 yes. Donald Trump is a Russian agent. He is one now. He always will be. And some people are saying that he is still working for Russia. He is still a Russian asset. You've got a lot of uh, Republicans in Congress who are Russian assets, who are taking Russian money, like Donald Trump. Remember, Donald Trump cannot borrow money in the United States. This guy's got six or seven bankruptcies. He's got 17 investigations on his ass. No way is some bank is going to let him borrow money, and he's pissed off about that. So he wants to take this country down, and I've said this, and I've said this several times. Donald Trump cannot last. Uh, uh, I, I think a journalist said it best. He said Donald Trump's something to this effect – Donald Trump's White House is like the Titanic. It's headed for an iceberg, meaning that basically meaning that uh, he's going down. He's going to drown. He's going down. And now that Americans got there, we've always, Americans always thought that Donald Trump was a Russian asset. We always thought that. Before we even heard Hillary Clinton say it during the 2016 uh, presidential campaign, Uh, we've always known that Donald Trump was an asset because of his actions on tape, the things he says, the way he just swoons whenever this man comes into view and kisses his ass right in front of the world. We knew he was a Russian asset. For him to sit there and deny it is just another one of his 2,000, 2,000, 8,000 lies. Just another one of his 8,000 lies. He didn't told over 2,000. He didn't, he's well past 2,000. Donald Trump lies every time he opens his mouth. He lies every time he gets up. 
And every time I see him uh, on the White House lawn walking up to microphones, he just lying his butt off. I, I, I click off the TV or I just turn off the computer because I don't want to hear those lies. And the next morning I wake up or the next few hours, it's being reported that he done lied again on lie, 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 lie. And we know he's a Russian asset. We know that he's a Russian spy. We know that he works for Russia. He's working for Russia to do what? To destroy America. And he's doing it. And Russia, they're proud. Putin is so proud. But I'm going to tell you something. Trump is being had by Putin. He's being taken. He's being made a fool of by Putin. Uh, uh, and Putin knows it. Putin knows that Trump is, an, is a dumbass. He knows it. He knows that Trump is a fool. But Trump can't see that. Trump looks up to Putin, even though Trump is, what, six feet, seven feet tall or something? Putin is about five foot. But Trump looks up to this guy. This little man, Trump, Trump is like mush in his hand. He loved dictators. He loved to intermingle with our enemies. He loves it. People who are our allies, our friends, he don't want nothing to do with them. He want to go where the dictators are because he wants to be one, which he will never, ever be one in the, in the United States. He may go to one of those little third world countries in the Middle East somewhere and become a, uh, a dictator, but he'll never be one here in the United States of America. It will not happen. It will not happen. The blue wave in 2018 cemented that it will not happen. It will not happen. And Lindsey Graham, oh, this this jerk, asshole, this jerk, I mean, you know, Wow, I wouldn't trust Lindsey Graham or or uh, Ted Cruz or, or Rand Paul as far as I can spit. You know, far as I can spit. You know, they are uh, they are trying to tell Donald Trump how to govern through the media, the talk shows, and the, they're trying to address Donald Trump and what he should be doing and how he should do it. And that's something. They, I mean, they can't sit down with him in a meeting, so they have to address him through the media because Donald Trump watches a lot of TV. He reads a lot of uh, crap that's written about him, and they give him governing points when he's watching television. You know, I mean, cable television, talk show uh uh Fox News he gets he gets his he gets his orders from Fox News he gets his orders from uh Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, Ann Coulter, this other Judy judge whoever he gets his uh orders from Fox News and uh Fox News will tell him will tell Donald Trump keep the government shut down keep it shut down He'll keep it shut down. He doesn't take orders from the American people. He takes orders from Fox News, a propaganda 
uh, uh, news station uh, for Republicans. But even at some point in time, Fox News will jump in Donald Trump's ass, but very seldom. And when he's on the show, they let him just just lie, just lie. <laughs> like, I don't know what. I mean, the other day, I mean, I, it was yesterday or the other day, uh, he was asked if he was a Russian agent. He never said just simply no. He rambled on, rambled, rambled, but he never said no. So that led a lot of us to think he's a Russian agent. He really didn't deny it. But then later on uh, uh, today, he came out and said, I am not a Russian agent. You know, I am not, I have not been working for Russia, he said. But he only did that after someone whispered in his ear, you better go out there and say you emphatically that you're not a Russian agent because they think you are because you didn't actually answer the question with a yes or no. So people thinking that maybe you are a Russian agent. So Trump came out and said, I'm not a Russian agent. And no one believed him except for maybe his his warped ass supporters. And they are warped. If, if they're still in Donald Trump's corner, they are warped. I mean, more warped than we thought they were. And Hillary Clinton was right again when she said that most of his if reporters are just his supporters are deplorable. She was right again. We all said that she shouldn't have said that. I, I, no, well, actually, I, I didn't care what she said, uh, but she was excoriated for saying that, but she was correct. She also said that, uh, as I mentioned, that Donald Trump is a puppet of Russia. She said that three years ago. And everything that she said about Donald Trump is coming true because it's all on videotape. So Trump cannot so uh, cannot say that Hillary Clinton did not warn us. But the fact is Hillary Clinton won the election. She won the election. Trump, uh, he uh, conned and lied and, and bullshitted his way into the White House. Hillary Clinton won the election. She had three, three million, what I'm saying, three million more votes than Donald Trump. But the only thing uh, that screwed Victoria College, which I agree with a lot of Democrats, maybe even some Republicans, that the Electoral College should be abolished, and it should be the popular vote that counts. The Electoral College only means that a certain sections of the country, the, vote will, the votes will actually count. So if you're voting for the President of the United States, you could, your vote may not be counted, and that's crap. Every Democrat... Uh, all over the place is saying that we should abolish the electoral college. It should be uh, zapped. However, the Republicans are not saying abolish the, the electoral college because it helped them. It helped them put Trump in the White House. Wow. Trump says he's going to run for re-election. I think the Republicans would do themselves a great favor 
if they run someone uh, with Donald Trump. I think a lot of them really don't want to uh, have Trump for their 2020 uh, nominee, unless they're just fucking afraid of him like they seem to be. You know, but I do think that Donald Trump, even if he, even if he doesn't get a challenger, but he will get a Democratic challenger, even if he doesn't get primaried, um, I don't think there's no way in hell for Donald Trump to to, uh, to have a second term as president of the United States. It's not going to happen. And and in some cases, if a politician runs for uh, President of the, of, the, of the United States or governor or whatever, uh, if they can't do a second term, it automatically saying that they were failures. You know, I mean, Bruce Rauner is gone. The governor of Illinois, he was a wreck. He was a train wreck for this for this uh, state. He really was. Now we have a new governor in J.B. Prisker who was actually took took uh, well this was his inauguration day and so he's now governor and Bruce Rauner is out and uh, thank God <laughs> Bruce Rauner he was an asshole uh, mean governor take it or leave it kind of a governor I'm governor you're not I mean he was like uh, almost like Donald Trump Actually, Donald Trump came into Illinois to, uh, you know, to endorse him and to try to get votes for him. It failed. One of the things you don't do, folks, if you're running for <laughs> if you're running for office, you do not invite Donald Trump in to uh, endorse you or to, or, or or to even be seen with. Okay, uh, it's more telling now than than ever before. But anyway, Illinois has a new governor. Congratulations. Congratulations to J.B. Prisker and uh, good riddance, Bruce Rauner. I mean, this guy was awful. Even the National Review uh, magazine and and the Sun-Times and the Chicago Tribune and the people of Illinois called Rauner, Bruce Rauner, one of the worst governors ever. And that's no truer said. That's a that's the whole truth. Governor and and uh, no more budget uh, stalemates and and the way he the way this guy raked right Mike Madigan through the coal, who is the um, speaker of the house in the Illinois Assembly. I mean, Rauner really raked this guy through the coals. I mean, he lied in his his advertisement in his movie and in his. Uh, television commercials uh <laughs> but the thing about it Mike Madigan won again and not on not only did he win but he won more house seats altogether and Mike Madigan still has his job Bruce Rauner is out of his job so who's the loser there who's the loser Bruce Rauner a failed governor he will go down in history in the state of Illinois as a failed governor as a failed government, the Republicans in Illinois, uh, they're probably that uh, that uh, Bruce Rauner lost because he was such a uh, he was such a uh, he was such a, uh, a, a parasite 
when it came to politics. I mean, you couldn't review, you couldn't ask him questions. He'd come into a meeting and he'll say what he has to say, and he that was it. He's gone. He took no questions. It was what he said, and that was it. He tried to break this state, just like Donald Trump is trying to break America. Bruce Rauner tried to break this state. But we have a new governor now, and that's, and that's one of the greatest things ever for the state of Illinois. And um, a lot of states have uh, Republican governors, and a lot of people are leaving those states uh, to go live in uh, blue states. But, uh, you know. All right, uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be all right, right back. We're going to do a musical break, folks. This is what happens when you have no sponsors. <laughs> and, you know, I've had people say, George, don't you want sponsors? Of course I do. But uh, I have to make sure that the people who I'm talking to are legitimate. There's so many fake people around here, so many scams, people who – are saying that they could sponsor the show and they don't have crap. You have to watch it. I've got a lot of scam callers. But anyway, without sponsors, we're always doing a musical break. Um, We'll be right back.
the Dollamore Daily, and I'm Jesse Dollamore. Hey, everybody. Well, y- you may have noticed that I was a no-show last week. Well, my wife and I yeah, took what noticed. was supposed to be a relaxing we weekend trip to the mountains to hang out with friends in a cabin in the snowy woods, and while I still had a good time, I ended up in a day quill haze for most of the time. But I am back, almost 100%, and I guess 80% Jesse D is better than zero Jesse D, or at least I hope that's what you think. Uh, just a reminder for those of you who did miss the Dalmore Daily in my absence, Brittany Page and I host a twice-weekly audio podcast, and it was still published despite my illness last week. It's called I Doubt It with Dalmore, and you can subscribe to it for free anywhere that you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, even right on my website, dollamore.com. You see, it's easier for me to roll my sick ass out of bed and perch myself in front of a microphone to talk for an hour or so than it is to shower, comb my hair, and try to make this look halfway presentable enough to step in front of the camera. So, so anyway, what did I miss last week? Nothing too big, I hope. I mean, what are the chances that I go away for a week and it gets reported that there are very real concerns within some of the highest levels of American intelligence infrastructure, that there are worries that Donald Trump has been, and maybe still is, a literal witting or unwitting agent of a foreign adversary. Spoiler alert, the chances are 100%. Because last week it was revealed that after Donald Trump fired James Comey and then spilled highly sensitive top-secret national security intelligence given to us by an ally when he invited the Russians into the Oval Office, only hours after Comey's firing, the Federal Bureau of Investigations opened a counterintelligence investigation into the current sitting U.S. president. After they became worried that he was either, again, either a witting or unwitting Russian intelligence asset. And only a day or so later, reports have emerged that Donald Trump, that same possible Russian intel asset, has gone to extraordinary and unprecedented lengths to keep secret the details of his many conversations with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Keeping the contents of those conversations secret from even his most senior diplomatic and national security aides. Our bumbling, cartoonish, human Happy Meal gift of a president has apparently gone as far as to go out of his way to even swipe the notes taken by his own interpreter and then ordering them not to discuss what had transpired during the meeting with anyone else within the administration. And this behavior isn't just par for the course for dumb guy Donald Trump because there are extensive records of the conversations between him and other world leaders with whom he's spoken. But not so with Vladimir Putin. In fact, this treasonous secrecy is so widespread that according to reporting from the Washington Post, quote, U.S. officials said there is no detailed record, even in classified files, of Trump's face-to-face interactions with the Russian leader at five locations over the past two years and that such a gap would be unusual in any presidency, let alone one that Russia sought to install 
through what U.S. intelligence agencies have described as an unprecedented campaign of election interference, unquote. But listen, let's not jump to conclusions. We should give Donald Trump a chance to answer a yes or no whether or not he has now or ever worked for Russia. If only it were possible to know what his answer would be. Well, you're in luck, folks. We're all in luck because his pal, human smoker's voice, Janine Pirro on Fox News, asked him that very thing. I want to move on to another subject. New York Times uh, reported that the FBI opened a counterintelligence investigation the day after uh, you fired James Comey in, in May of 17. Uh, and, and, they, and, and the investigation was whether you were actively working for Russia or unwittingly. So I'm going to ask you, are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, and if you read the article, you'd I see that they found written. absolutely nothing. But the, the headline of that article, it's called The Failing New York Times I for a reason. Written. They've gotten me wrong for three years. They've actually gotten me wrong for many years before that. Huh. You, you know what answer I didn't hear there after the easiest no. yes or no question in the world for any American citizen? I didn't hear him say no. I heard him jockey and shift and squirm and harumph about how yeah. insulting the question was. But let me tell you, if someone thought they had reason to believe that I, a U.S. Marine Corps veteran and patriot, was working for the Russian government, the answer wouldn't be, what? Oh, I can't believe you would ask me that. How disrespectful. Oh, The answer would be, no. No, I am not working for the Russian government, nor have I ever. And I'm a nobody. When you're president of the United States and you're asked that, you go out of your way to make certain that the answer is crystal, crystal clear. So I'll leave you with this thought for the day, everybody. When asked if he does now or has ever worked for the Russian government, Donald Trump didn't deny it. He sure didn't. <laughs> he sure did not deny it. Wow. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Yes, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Um, my name's David. I'm fine. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, do you I'm have a question? About, yeah, Go I'm ahead. going to talk to you about the, uh, the border wall and um, the current debate about what to do about illegal immigration. And I was wanted to ask you, did you consider, do you consider illegal immigration to be a problem? Yeah, I do. I do, but I think that uh, we can uh, – have border security without a wall. I don't think a wall is going to stop anybody from coming across. They can get ladders and climb over a wall. They can dig under tunnels and get by it. I think we need, uh, I think a wall is a waste of time. I do think we do need border security. I do think the Dems have a plan for that to tighten the borders up. That's, that's how and, I feel about it. And what would you suggest they do? Instead of building a wall, what would they do to actually patrol the border? Obviously, you sound like you, you sound pessimistic. You're not, you, you, you don't agree with what I'm saying. Well, it's, it's, more, of a, it's more of a question because I've heard a lot of people say this, and, I've, and they're talking about the wall is not going to work. And I always wonder, it's easy to say the wall is not going to be it. And I wonder, what's the, what's the other solution you're suggesting? Because when I ask people that, 
they never really have a real tangible substantive answer other than say, oh, we can just hire a bunch of border patrol agents. But it's like, have you been down there? Have you been to Southern Texas? What would you do? Arizona, what would California? you do to um, beef up border security? You well, think, think a wall is? Obvious- uh- well, I think it's two parts. I mean, the wall plays a part, and that's I, I think the wall is fundamental to securing the border, especially when you talk about it at night, when the, when the most of the illegal immigration happens, because it's very difficult for people to patrol the border at nighttime, especially when you talk about parts of southern Texas, where I've been to, where there's literally just miles and miles of just open desert plains that literally you don't even see anybody in, and I don't know how anyone, how a group of people are going to patrol that at night. That to me, that'd be impossible. So you'd have to do two things. One is secure the border with a wall, and the second part would be a strict you know, enforcement against companies that hire illegal immigrants. You'd have to punish the businesses that do that and put strict penalties on that. And so when you can have that double effect, that's how you would stop it. So uh, you're sort of agreeing with Donald Trump to shut down the government until he gets $5 billion to build a wall. Well, I mean, I don't agree with the government shutdown, but I understand his reasoning in the sense that this is the only time he can do it. Like, if he doesn't get it done in this session, it won't happen for the next two years because since the House is switching over to Democrat majority, he this was his last opportunity to still have the votes in the House to get it through the House, and now this is his one chance to get it done in the Senate. After this, it won't there won't be another opportunity until 2020. Do you think he's going to cause some sort of emergency to try to get the money if the Democrats do not? Uh... Uh, yield? Well, I mean, that's that's the thing I'm trying to understand is why would the Democrats not want to secure the border when we're only talking I about I think the 5. Democrats do billion. want to secure the border, but they're saying that they can do it a lot better without a wall. And Donald Trump is talking about uh, terrorists coming across the border. Uh, drugs are coming across the border. Uh, there's a crisis at the border. And we all know that there is not a crisis at the border. Well, there is a crisis at the border when you've had Millions of people crossing not, the border illegally—that's a crisis by definition. I don't know any other terrorist. country in the world that that does the same thing like that and just continues to pro- allow it. I mean, like I have friends and 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 family members that are working in border patrol, and I, when I talk to them, they've consistently said, without a physical barrier there, it is literally impossible for them to actually do what they need to do. And a lot of them have told me in straightforward, and they said, "Listen." If we don't build a wall, he said they'd be better off just not even having border patrol and just leaving the border wide open because we're just wasting our money. There's no point. Yeah, I haven't been to the border, so I can't really speak on uh, uh, what's happening at the border. But I I do know that Americans do not want that wall. I mean, 80 to 90 percent of Americans do not want a wall. Well, that's and I can understand. because of the, the propaganda and the media, but we just use your critical thinking skills here and ask yourself, if we don't build a wall, then what's the other solution? Hire another, what, 100,000 Border Patrol agents to physically patrol the border 24-7? I mean, what other, what other solution are people really saying you're going to do? I'm just saying other what Americans are saying. Barrier. I'm just saying what no, Americans are saying. Well, it doesn't matter what Americans are saying. We're talking about what is a practical solution to fix a problem. All right. Thank you for your call. Bye-bye. What Americans are saying and what Americans think, that's uh, uh, important. That's important because we are voters and we are the country itself. So, you know, I mean, Trump supporters call in all the time. Uh, It doesn't mean that we're going to buckle under. All right. You've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. We'll take a break right 
quick and we will be right back. whether Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal will have anybody talking to the president. The Wall Street Journal's editorial board writes today, quote, every sentient voter in 2016 understood that Donald Trump had a bad history with women, but mistakes of character tend to catch up with everyone, and that's what is now happening with President Trump and his many women. Mr. Trump can't retain the best legal counsel because no one wants a client who ignores all advice. 
He wants to answer questions from Mr. Mueller, but probably won't prepare enough to avoid accidental self-incrimination. The Stormy Daniels case is typical of Mr. Trump's pre-presidential behavior in thinking he can, with enough threats and dissembling, get away with anything. He's never understood that a president can't behave that way, and this may be the cause of his downfall. Susan, um, this is just among the first cracks in uh, terms of support, editorial support for the right. president from the journal. Yeah, and that's but the journal's exactly right. When you talk about the faults of his character coming back to haunt him, that not only plays to the president, but it also plays to a lot of Republicans in the House and the Senate right now who should be saying, I will stand up for what's right. I will speak against the president and what he's doing, as whether it's his policies or even some of the things, his, the attacks he makes on women and other people. But the Stormy Daniels thing is just something that hits so, hits him so differently yeah. and I'm not you know we know he hasn't tweeted about it he hasn't gone anywhere but I think it's just a matter of time and that's what I think a lot of people are waiting for you know Eddie there's a piece in the New York Times today by Jonathan Martin about uh, various Republicans running around the country right. and they cannot they can't stand up and talk about real issues that affect people because the first question out of the box is the president's behavior. Right. I mean, it seems to me that this uh, tef Teflon Don is no longer Teflon Don when it comes to, to, to the Stormy Daniels question. I think there are three C's here. Uh, there's the case, there's the client, and there's the climate. I don't think any lawyer in their right mind wants to take on the case. I don't think any lawyer who, who's worth his or her salt uh, wants to deal with a client that will not pay attention. Give up. Don't give up. Don't allow it to happen. If there's a concrete wall in front of you, go through it, go over it, go around it, but get to the other side of that wall. That is a clip of Donald Trump giving a commencement address in 2004 talking about walls and getting around them. The Daily Show dug that up last night. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Joe. This is Thursday, January 10th. I'm Willie Geist, alongside Washington anchor for BBC World News America, Caddy Kay, MSNBC contributor Mike Barnacle, Donnie Deutsch is with us, also NBC News national political reporter Heidi Prisbilla, and MSNBC political analyst, former chairman of the Republican National Committee and wearer of outstanding zip-up sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Peel. Joe and Mika out on assignment this morning and they will be back tomorrow. Mike, we've reached the point now where the Coast Guard is telling its contractors to look into babysitting jobs, yeah. to look into dog walking, and to have garage sales. That was a posting on one of their websites all because of the government shutdown. All admirable occupations, yep. really. I don't know how much they pay by the hour, but uh, that's, where, that's what we've been reduced to. That, in addition to the other outstanding question that was just raised by the clip we showed, where? Who invited him to give a commencement speech? I just asked the same. That was in 2004, some time ago. Well, President Trump is scheduled to visit a Border Patrol station in McAllen, Texas today, despite his reported misgivings about that trip. The New York Times reports that he told a group of television anchors, quote, it's not going to change a damn thing, but I'm still going. In his Oval Office address on Tuesday night, the president told the nation he is ready to negotiate. But yesterday, he abruptly ended a White House meeting. This situation could be solved in a 45-minute meeting. I have invited congressional leadership to the White House tomorrow to get this done. We saw a temper tantrum. 
because he couldn't get his way, and he just walked out of the meeting. The president walked into the room, passed out candy. He brought a little candy for everybody. I asked him to open up the government, that tomorrow uh, so many people will have trouble paying their mortgages, paying their bills, dealing with situations when they don't get paid. I saw Schumer continue to raise his voice. I said, just why won't you do that? We'll continue to discuss. We're willing to discuss anything. The Democratic leaders are unwilling to even negotiate. And he said, you, if I open up the government, you won't do what I want. The president then turned to the speaker and politely asked her, okay, Nancy, if we open the government up in 30 days, could we have border security? She raised her hand and said, no, not at all. He asked uh, Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my wall? She said, no. The president calmly said, I guess you're still not wanting to deal with the problem. And then a few minutes later, he sort of slammed the table. I don't, uh, I, I don't recall him ever raising his voice or slamming his hand. And when Leader Pelosi said she didn't agree with the wall, he just walked out and said, we have nothing to discuss. So he said it was a waste of his time. And the president admitted that he used those words, tweeting, quote, just left a meeting with Chuck and Nancy, a total waste of time. I asked what's going to happen in 30 days if I quickly open things up. Are you going to approve border security, which includes a wall or a steel barrier? Nancy said, no. I said, bye-bye. Nothing else works. So that's the president tweeting as he walked out of that meeting, Caddy. Uh, we went through some of the litany of things that people are suffering from. They're going to miss their first paycheck now. If we make it to Saturday, this will be the longest shutdown of the federal government in American history. And boy, as you watch the Congress people come out of that meeting yesterday, you watch people talk on television last night from the House and the Senate, it doesn't look like there's an end in sight here. No, look, Democrats are trying to make this about the shutdown and the harm this is causing federal workers. And Donald Trump is trying to make this about the wall. And the two sides are on parallel tracks. And that's kind of a metaphor for where they are because there's no sign that either is coming together. I spoke to a federal worker out in California just yesterday who said she has a mortgage payment coming due of $3,000. She has childcare payments coming due. She has a car loan payment coming due this weekend. She has um, graduate school payments coming due this weekend. She's in a middle-class family. She admits that with her husband works too. They have a three-year-old kid. She cannot make those payments this week. And she's not allowed under federal law to get another job. So you can say go out and find another job to fill the stopgap. She's actually not allowed to do that. She would actually then potentially face the risk of getting fired from her actual job if she did go out and take one of those other jobs. So they are in a real bind and I don't see any sign from the, yesterday that Democrats are prepared to shift, that the government, that the president is prepared to shift and we're looking at the possibility of declaring a national emergency which may be a way out for him. Maybe that's his off-ramp from all of this. You declare an emergency, uh, you appropriate the funds from elsewhere, it gets challenged in the courts but by then he, maybe he's out of this. Yeah, 24 hours ago, we were talking about the possibility of him declaring a national emergency. It looks even more real this morning. Here's what the president said yesterday before his meeting with congressional leaders collapsed. I may go that route. I, I have the absolute right to do a national emergency if I want. Uh, my threshold will be if I can't make a deal with people that are unreasonable. And now White House officials are telling the Wall Street Journal the breakdown in negotiations is making that scenario even more likely. The path forward these officials are discussing is to have the president declare the national emergency to fund the border wall while at the same time agreeing to sign a spending bill to reopen the government. While the declaration likely would face an immediate legal challenge, President Trump would be able to tell supporters he did everything he could to build the wall. Quote, 
It will come to this, one White House official said. The question is when. Several Republican senators, though, Republican senators, I underline that, voicing skepticism about that idea. I can tell you that for people on my side of the aisle, one of our concerns we should have is if today the national emergency is border security and it entitles them to go out and do something, we all support that. Tomorrow the national security emergency might be, you know, climate change. So let's seize uh, fossil fuel plants or something. To repurpose $5 billion, close to $6 billion, out of the Defense Department that is needed for defense needs and use it to build a border wall without congressional authorization is not what I think is intended by the National Emergency Act. Michael Steele, do you think this is where we end up? Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have no, shown no willingness to budge, nor right. do Democrats believe they should budge. Why should they to give Donald Trump what they believe is a vanity project, a promise he made on the campaign trail? And if they right. don't, are we going to a national emergency here? Well, it, it, they won't. Uh, I, there's just I don't see any wiggle room for Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer um, to to then go back into the White House and say, all right, here's. $2 billion, $3 billion for the wall. Uh, that's just off the table. We are where we are because this is actually where Trump wants to be. This idea of the national emergency, while he's sort of tinker-toyed around with it, and say, well, I may, but I have the authority to do it. I might, but I absolutely can do it. He absolutely wants to do it because it is the only off-ramp that he has. He'll throw it into the courts, let them work it out. He'll go to the base and say, I did everything. I, I got the money for the wall, we're going to start building the wall, and then six months, eight months, whatever time frame that's left over to figure all of that out, he will have moved on. Uh, and there will be other emergencies that will be manufactured and put on the table for the House, the Senate, and the nation to deal with. Uh, but we are here because this is where the president wants us to be right now. He will absolutely, absolutely <coughs> declare an emergency. He's a reality show producer, and he's producing this. I couldn't figure out why he went on the air the other night, because I knew he wasn't going to do it then. He's like, now he gets to say, well, I went on the air, I asked the people. I went down to the border. I had these meetings. And it turns it. It's a judo movie. He's going to say, I open the government, which basically plays to every autocratic instinct he has. He loves a pardon. He loves anything he can do with a pure executive order. And now he says, I opened it, and the Democrats are going to want to sue to close it again. The Democrats are going to take it to the courts so I can't protect the country and I can't keep the government open. Now, the Democratic argument has to become more nuanced. They say, no, 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 we are going to court because he does not have the right to take $5 billion without Congress. That's a more nuanced argument. It's a very, very different argument. He will absolutely, it's unequivocal, there's no other way out. And I, I want to, it's interesting, it was also, it's a sidebar for a second, but it's, it's a little interesting, funny thing. The ratings the other night, um, Pelosi and, and um, Schumer outrated Trump afterwards. The ratings came out. This is fascinating. Now, Schumer and Pelosi are not exactly Brad and Angelina. I love them. They're both great leaders. They're not ratings gang gangbusters. What does that tell you? It tells you maybe there's a wear-out factor now with Trump. His first, it's a little funny cycle, ha-ha, he didn't rate as well. Is the American public, is even 1% of his base, certainly I know the, the 8 or 9% that voted against him in the last election, getting worn out? I thought that was an interesting statistic. Well, Heidi, clearly, as you cover Capitol Hill, Republicans on Capitol Hill are starting to get worn out. It's not just Marco Rubio and Susan Collins. We heard you had Pat Roberts, Republican from Kansas, not exactly a liberal squish. 
saying, you know, this is getting old, we've got to figure out how to get these people paid and end this shutdown. The writing is on the wall that even Senate Republicans and some congressional Republicans are saying, this doesn't make any sense. We want border security, but the way we're going about it here isn't working. Question from the start about the wear out factor among Republicans has been, when are they going to hear it from their constituents? When are they going to hear it from the polls? Right. Well, there have already been studies shown that a lot of the people who are being affected by this shutdown don't live in Washington, D.C. 79% of federal workers live outside Washington, D.C. Many of them are their constituents. And yes, they're hearing from them because they, people don't understand how broad the effects of this are until the government actually shuts down. And you have everything affected from all of the border officials, the TSA officials, firefighters, down to just the most basic necessities, including food inspection, including now food stamps and nutrition. And so those senators, and I would look for more of them, just look at that list of 2020 senators, who are, there's six of them who are going to be up, uh, and that is where you're going to see the breaking point. McConnell, notably, was absolutely silent, silent. in that yep. meeting. Mike, you know, one test might be whether they start calling their congressman, as the president asked them to do, demanding the wall, or whether they start calling their congressman asking for the government to be reopened, right? Then we'll have a barometer. But the American people are so smart, so much smarter than their elected representatives. Why would they call them? They stand there as mutes, both in the House and the Senate, most of them. We show these clips every day. We talk about the wall every day. We had Marco Rubio on, a few, uh, Marco Rubio on just a few moments ago saying something inane about the wall. But what's going on here, if you really think about it, the real danger here is you mentioned the word autocracy. An autocracy is defined as one person who possesses singular power in any government. This man, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, has single-handedly, over the past two years, taken aim at destroying some of the basic institutions of our republic. And he has succeeded thus far in damaging most of those institutions. And the question isn't about the wall. The question is about the country, the United States of America. And can, how much longer can we survive the autocratic tendencies of one man, Donald Trump, who is all about himself. This is not about the wall. This is not about the money. This is a self-described, self-induced crisis that the president himself has created. He has talked about a national emergency when the national emergency and the crisis, both of them combined, is all wrapped up in one individual, Donald J. Trump. This is boiled down to a quote and exchange as quoted by the New York Times this morning. They cite both Democratic congressional officials and a White House official who were inside that meeting at the White House yesterday. Here's the question from Senator Chuck Schumer to the president. You are using people as leverage. Why won't you open the government and stop hurting people? People. According to this account, the president replied, then you won't give me what I want, plain and simple. Ooh. As we mentioned, there are real-world impacts to this. Members of the U.S. Coast Guard who are not being paid during the shutdown have been told to consider holding garage sales to make ends meet. These are contractors about 60... Sell your stuff. Yes, yeah, sell your stuff. Right, about 6,400 of them. The suggestion part of a five-page tip sheet posted on a website given to Coast Guard employees that also suggests babysitting, 
dog walking, tutoring, or becoming a mystery shopper. What is a mystery I don't know shopper? what that is, to help manage finances through this furlough. <laughs> the Coast Guard removed the tip sheet from its support program website late Wednesday after the Washington Post inquired about that advice. Meanwhile, the FDA has suspended most food facility inspections. The agency's commissioner says it will continue to inspect high-risk food facilities which makes up only 31% of total domestic inspections. And tomorrow is the day some workers will go without paychecks now because of the shutdown. Speaker Nancy Pelosi had a message about that for the president. It's not been easy for me. Federal workers will not be receiving their paychecks, and what that means in their lives is tragic in terms of their credit rating, paying their mortgage, paying their rent, paying their car payment, paying their children's tuition, and the rest. The president seems to be insensitive to that. He thinks maybe they could just ask their father for more money, but they can't. But they can't. A reference from Speaker Pelosi there to the money President Trump inherited from his father. A New York Times investigation found Trump received at least $413 million in today's money from his father's real estate empire, much of it reportedly through tax dodges in the 1990s when his businesses were struggling. In 2015, then-candidate Donald Trump said this about he once, how he once struggled. It's not been easy for me. It has not been easy for me. And, you know, I, I started off in Brooklyn. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. I came into Manhattan, and I had to pay him back, and I had to pay him back with interest. So, Michael Steele, this is not a game. This is no. real now it's for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Sometimes in Washington they talk about it like it's a political game and who's going to get what out of the deal. But there are people who are suffering. There are people now who tomorrow will not receive yeah. their federal paycheck. Yeah, and that, and that's the part that uh, is so stunning that the individuals that we call leaders in Washington, the House and the Senate, uh, and the White House, uh, in that last little uh, sound that you have, uh, reference to the president saying, "Well, you won't give me what, what I want, so people are going to have to suffer." Essentially, uh, that's where we are, uh, and and it, it, it's a pox on the House of the, of the Republican Party um, because we're the governing majority. Yeah, we don't have the House, but we have the, the Senate and the White House. You had the opportunity to avert this disaster, this problem for those families. Uh, these aren't just federal workers. These are our cousins, our aunts and uncles, our family members, our friends, our neighbors. Um, these are real people um, who cannot um, go about their daily lives because they have to figure out how they're going to put food on the table, how they're going to pay their bills, and how they're going to keep their homes. Uh, and, and this falls at the feet of the party, at the Republican Party. Um, and when you sit this, this ping-pong back-and-forth conversation, you could have avoided this. You had a bill that was agreed to. You had the president sign off on it. And yet for some voices that, that he heard coming at him saying, well, your presidency will be endangered if you do this. Selfish motives, not, not motives based on the country's needs, but his own personal political needs. Here we are. So, um, you know, next week it gets tougher and tougher with each passing day and hour of this. Uh, Willie, this gets harder for families in America, and it's not just the 800,000. It's, it's their kids, yes, but it's the businesses that are affected by this. This thing is far-reaching, uh, and I don't think people really appreciate that part of it. Donald Trump yesterday, in one little tiny moment, showed his absolute weakness and impotence. When in that meeting, Mr. Art of the Deal, Mr. Negotiator, just got up and took his basketball home. 
like that little weak kid in the schoolyard who, when you wouldn't play to seven instead of playing to 11, or he wanted to play horse and you wanted to play another game, I'm going home because he's weak and he's impotent and he can't even negotiate the one thing he came in on. He can't even negotiate. We are seeing his impotence. This is super important because up until this point, we haven't really gotten to see the actual art of the deal because he's only been surrounded by Republicans. Now that he actually has to negotiate something, we're seeing uh, how he uses those powers of persuasion. And it was, number one, come in, try to be charming, bring Starburst or Mike and Ike's or whatever the, the candy was, say, now you're going to give me my wall. Nancy says no. Bye-bye. He pounds the table and says bye-bye. And that was the extent of the negotiation. This is the first time he's had that kind of pushback. And this is now we're seeing how he deals with it. Mike, when there was a little weedy in the schoolyard that would do that, what would you say to him? Give me your lunch. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer haven't showed a willingness to budge an inch, nor should they, most Democrats. No, but you wonder whether there isn't some peril long-term for them in this as well. I mean, at some point, the more people that are out of work, this can turn ugly, can get unpredictable, blame can get put on both sides. I mean, I imagine people around the country looking at Washington and thinking a pop's on all that. The numbers, the last two from Politico and Reuters came out, there's been a 10% jump blaming the Republicans for the Democrats, because right now it's not playing out that way. A lot more to get to this morning. Still ahead on Morning Joe, amid the shutdown fight, President Trump seemingly out of the blue threatens to cut off FEMA funding for the California wildfires. I'll tell you how state officials there are reacting. And Bob Mueller may be wrapping up the Russia probe. But as far as Rudy Giuliani is concerned, it's already over. We'll explain that. But first, Bill Karens has a look at the forecast. Hey, Bill. Hey, Willie, the cold has arrived and the snow will follow this weekend. We're still looking at a snowstorm from St. Louis to Washington, D.C. But first, the details on the cold. Bundle up this morning yourself and the kids. Four is the wind chill in Chicago right now. This is the coldest air we've had in a while. This is typical of what we normally would expect, but this winter's been so unusually warm. The south is also chilly, but, I mean, it's still in the 50s today. Atlanta at 46. No travel issues.
Time. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, an American president actually had to deny that he is a Russian agent. Uh, Donald Trump had to deny that. And uh, more than likely, Donald Trump is a Russian agent. There's no doubt about it. I mean, every president, I mean, up to two or three, four years ago, every president was warning Donald Trump about Putin and Russia. This was four, three or four years ago. And now it's coming to fruition right now because the FBI and a lot of other sources, credible sources, are saying that this guy could be, maybe, or still is a Russian asset. Donald Trump denying this means nothing to the American people because we know how much he lies. He lies. And for him to prolong this government shutdown, I was just watching his rally. Uh, a video of his rally where he was doing what he was doing. He's rallying. He went there to speak to farmers and it turned into a fucking rally. Everything is about him. It's always about him. And and, and as I was watching his, the latest video of him, not Nashville, but I think it's New Orleans. I, I, it got me confused because he was confused about the states themselves. Um, but he, but he, um, uh, at this rally, I'm going to call it a rally. I'm not going to call it a speech. It was, he was there talking to farmers, some of the people who they were screwing. He's screwing over with these tariffs. Uh, um, he was asking for protesters to be thrown out of the rally. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. And there was <laughs> hundreds of protesters outside where he was speaking, outside protesting him. Uh, he can't stand people protesting. He doesn't like it. He don't like it. If it was up to him, he'd have them shot. Uh, and that's the truth. But anyway, uh, an American president actually had to deny he is a foreign agent. This is a bad time in America where you have a president who took him two or three days to actually say that he wasn't a Russian agent after being asked a question by his fellow Fox News, um, but he he talked all around the question. He did. He could have just said yes, no. But I guess someone whispered in his ear that he should emphatically deny that he's a Russian agent. But we all know that he is. We know that he is. The FBI knows he's one. Americans know he's one. Hillary Clinton knows he's one. Obama knows he's one. Joe Biden knows he's an a Russian asset. Trump knows he's a Russian asset. There's too much evidence. There's too many videotapes where he is praising Putin, kissing and licking Putin's boots right on television, world television. And you, and all of these uh, politicians from three or four years ago warning him about Putin. Before we even got into this point, they were warning this guy about Vladimir Putin. Trump is definitely, <laughs> unequivocally, 80% of the American people agree this man is a Russian asset and he is destroying America in the name of Russia. Russia loves that he uh, shut down America. Russia loves that people are, are going without paychecks. Russia loves this. Russia, as I was said earlier, Russia... Russia loves that Trump is pulling troops out of Syria and giving it 
to the Russians. They love it. There are so many things that Trump has done and said that benefit Russia more so than it has America. Uh, removing sanctions off of three Russian companies, rogue Russian companies. Putin loves it. Russia is an enemy. Russia cannot be trusted. Putin is a dictator. Trump looks up Putin. He spits on our allies. This man needs to be removed from office. This man, I don't know what's taking it, what's taking it so damn long, but this guy needs to be removed, removed from office. But there's no doubt about it. Donald Trump knows he's going down. He knows he this cannot last. He knows that this is just about over. However, before he actually goes down, he's going to take this country with him. He's going to take parts of it with him. He's destroying America right now as I speak, especially with this shutdown. It, 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 it seems as if there's no compromising. He wants $5 billion for the wall. Even if I think even if the Republicans, I mean, not the Republicans, but even if the Democrats gave him $5 billion for this wall, and it's going to cost a hell of a lot more than $5 billion to build this wall. This is just a down payment. He's going to come back again and shut down the uh, government for the rest of the money. But if you think about it, this is not about the wall. This is not about border security. Trump couldn't give two shits about border security. This is about power. This is about control. This is what this is. This is why he is keeping the government shut the, shut down as long as he has it shut down. And this is the longest shutdown in history. And Trump and the Republicans, they own this. They own it. American people are going to take this out at the voting booth. We're going to take this out. I mean, some of the, uh, some of his ports are changing from Republican to Democrat. We're going to take this guy out at the uh, ballot box if uh, the FBI uh, Mueller doesn't take him out or if all of these investigations into his wrongdoing doesn't take him out. We're going to take this out on on Mitch McConnell too, because he has a he has the power to reopen the government. He doesn't want to because he's so afraid of Trump. Trump is going to beat his ass if he decides to open the government government back up. So uh, we're going to take this out. Twenty twenty, regardless whether Trump makes it to twenty twenty or not, Republicans are finished. They are done. It's 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 out of my hands. It's out of it's out of you know the realm of uh, reality. We're gonna take just like we took it out on the uh, Republicans in the House uh, 2018 midterm elections. It's gonna be a lot uh, worse for the Republicans. Coming in the 2020 elections, because a lot of them, I think there's about six or seven senators up for re-election in 2020. We're going to vote them all out. We will have a Democratic president. Donald Trump may not even get to the second term. He may not make it. If he does, he may have 
they may nominate someone to primary him. That he may have a Republican challenger. You know, so you know, because I can't see the Republicans. I mean, I could see them because they're scared. They're they're uh, they're scared of him. They, they they are really really frightened of Donald Trump. Uh, it, it's a game. Uh, I agree. Uh, the Republicans did not take an. They, the Republicans took an oath to the Constitution. They did not take an oath to Donald Trump. They took an oath to the American people. But however, they are willing to uh, go down and go down hard uh, for supporting a crook, a criminal, a thug, a traitor, a Russian asset, then to then to. Uh, a support country. They're all traitors. They're all traitors, and I'm pretty sure Mueller's going to have a lot more indictments. And I'm including, and including in that indictment would probably be an indictment, if I said that correctly. Uh, there will be a, an indictment for Mike, let's see, if, I don't know, indictment for Donald Trump, indictment for Mike Pence, who's the next president, Nancy Pelosi, a woman president. This is going down. This is you're gonna need more than a, a coke and popcorn. This is <laughs> gonna be uh, for the movies. This is gonna be. This is gonna be like. There's gonna be about ten or twenty movies made from uh, this actual time in history. You know, uh, sequels after sequel after sequel to get this shit right. You know, Donald <laughs> Donald Trump actually criticizes. Uh, what's that guy name who portrays him on Saturday Night, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live? I can't even think of his name. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Donald Trump. Uh, uh, he may even decide to uh, play Donald Trump in a movie. Donald Trump's going to be very, very upset because he doesn't like this look bad. You know, so, but he's at, right now, he's at one of these rallies and, you know, it, it, it wasn't a rally. Uh it was supposed to be a talk or a speech for farmers who are falling on hard times, but it ended up being, as we know, as a probably a rally for Donald Trump. It could be a rally for his reelection in 2020. And I was watching the people out there, his supporters. I'm saying to myself, are these people brain dead? And a lot of those folks out there in his rallies, they are suffering themselves from this from this. Um, as I looked into the crowd at this latest rally, there was nobody of color. There was nobody. They were they were all white, the way he likes it. Donald Trump, we know, is a racist. Everybody is complaining, saying Steve King, Representative Steve King, who who admits he's a white supremacist and he made some uh, white supremacist statements that uh, were not. Uh, in the best interest of a lot of people. So they're going to try and punish him. Uh, Steve, he's a representative. However, Donald Trump hasn't said anything about Steve King's remarks, his remarks. Why? Because Donald Trump is a racist. Give me a break. He's not going to say anything against another racist. <laughs> Give me a break. But as I say, America, this show is about making the world a better place. Donald Trump cannot last. He is going down. Uh, uh, and he is going down. This is going to be a blip in 
but it's going to be something that once over, it's going to be something we can all learn from. We can all learn from. This is a government shutdown. This shutdown is the longest in Americans' history, and it will go on and on and on. And I think if Trump had the money, he probably wouldn't open the government because he likes it. He just likes it. He likes to see people suffer, whine and beg and, you know, uh, as I've said before, he's taken the country down in the name of Russia. He is a Russian spy. I mean, there is no other way of saying it. He's a Russian asset. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to do... uh, This is Maxine Waters on Russia. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Donald Trump shocked even his harshest critics with his submission to Vladimir Putin this week, likely including my next guest. And joining me now for your moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So were you, I think much of the country was surprised to actually see Donald Trump in action with Vladimir Putin and how submissive he was in public. What did you make of what, what happened in Helsinki? Well, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I have for months uh, been trying to tell the American public and everybody else that this president is dangerous, uh, that he's in bed with Putin. Uh, Someone said he wants to be like him, whatever. He will never, never condemn him uh, because of the relationship that they have. This didn't just start. This started a long time uh, before he was ever elected. Don't forget. This president cannot borrow money in the United States from any bank. This president is looking at Russia for his new money financial playground. He and all of his allies that I have told you are the Kremlin clan, uh, have been involved with Russia. When you name them and you think about them, why is it Manafort, Flynn, Wilbur Ross, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, all of his allies have connections with Russia, the Kremlin, and the oligarchs. This has been going on because this is their new money playground uh, that they want to develop. And the centerpiece of this is lifting the sanctions. I would wish people would focus on the sanctions. I think that's the agreement uh, that Putin had with this president in order to help him get elected. This president, I believe, has promised him that once he was elected, he would get those sanctions lifted. And you're going to watch. He's going to continue to try because Putin is saying to him, when is it going to happen? So he has a private meeting with him. We know what they talked about. I think I know what they talked about. They talked about lifting the sanctions. They talked about the upcoming elections. Uh, They talked about uh, all of the things that they could not talk about uh, in an email or on the phone. He had to go and meet with him in private so that he could talk about what he's going to do to follow through with what I believe is his commitment to get those sanctions lifted. Don't forget, 
when Tillerson was there, Tillerson was there to help get the sanctions lifted. He just couldn't put up with this president. He found this president to be so outrageous uh, that he ended up leaving, but he came to be a part of helping to get these sanctions lifted. It's worth trillions of dollars. Everybody will make some money if he can get this done. Right now, Putin's hands are tied. He cannot get the equipment or the supplies that he needs to do the work because our allies are cooperating with us. So I'm not surprised about what happened in Helsinki. I'm not surprised about the private meeting. I'm not surprised about this president standing up for Putin. As a matter of fact, I think he is Putin's apprentice. He's wow. been under his toolage for a long yeah. time now, and he intends to get it done. And the American people are sitting idly by. And the Republican Party should be ashamed uh, that they're allowing this to happen. Uh, they have no guts. They have no courage. They're not standing up for America. I dare them to talk about how patriotic they are, uh, given of what they're allowing this president to do. Now they're all going to send out press releases saying, oh, we don't want you to invite Putin. Well, he's going to invite him unless the Congress of the United States and the Republicans really take some serious action. How many of the Republicans are saying, I won't come to the White House? I'm going to be outside demonstrating. How many of them saying, don't invite me to any dinner? You better not have a state dinner. How many are saying that they're just saying you shouldn't and we don't want you to do it? But I want to tell you, if they don't take strong action, to keep him We're from bringing tax. him here, he's going to bring him here, and that will be We're another another straw in his hat <laughs> that he can point to and say, "See, Mr. Putin, I'm moving this." forward, what we talked about, what we're going to do. I'm going to get this done. And forget about what he did uh, with North Korea. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, an effort to say that I'm doing this with both countries. And that's just an effort to say that, see, I'm trying to create peace and relationships in different ways. But the fact of the matter is his focus is on Russia and lifting those sanctions. And you're going to see him continue to try it because he has an agreement that he cannot get out of. When people want to know what does Putin have on the president of the United States, is this agreement where the president promised he was going to get the sanctions lifted and Putin is going to hold him to it. Let me, you know, you mentioned Carter Page, uh, Congresswoman, and here is the, uh, the FISA warrant, which was released in unprecedented fashion by the FBI. Uh, we have it this morning, and uh, folks are reading through it. Um, what do you think that this, the release of this document does to the credibility of the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes? Well, you know, First of all, they've got to understand that he was put under surveillance because of the actions that he was taking, not only that caused suspicion, but I think it was deemed uh, that he basically was going to be used to spy. Uh, he's not considered to be very smart, uh, not considered to be uh, very, uh, you know, capable of uh, not of resisting, rather, uh, the Russians. And so I think that Nunes and all of them are looking very silly. I think that they should be ashamed uh, that they would 
in any way undermine the FBI and the FBI's work to try to protect this country from our enemy, which this president says he's not our enemy. He's just a competitor. He keeps going on like that. But the fact of the matter is uh, that Nunes and any Trump others who have tried to undermine enemy. them to say that somehow they were unfair, somehow they were using their power uh, to interfere with the life of this man who already had been identified basically as someone who was in the grips of, uh, of Russia. Congressman Maxine Waters, never one to mince words. Thank you very much for spending some time with us on this Sunday morning. Thank you. Stay positive and make the world a better place. Bye-bye, everybody.